0: I am Bella Wood, and this is Removed. Hi everyone, this is Removed. This is my podcast and social experiment where I ask three different people the same three questions, and they are three people removed from myself. Each person requests the next person, and by the end of it, I may not know that person. Um, So we see where we start, all the answers we get, and we'll see how it goes. Um, This is just for fun, so if you're listening, I appreciate it. And let's see what we got. Okay, so... Cody, um, I'm gonna ask you to introduce yourself. So um, give me your name, where you're from, and what you are doing. What are you up to?
1: Sure, uh, so my name's Cody. Um, I don't know how deep we're going in terms of last names and otherwise. Um, up to you, up to you. Cody Pomeroy, cool, that's me. Um, I guess I have a Facebook somewhere. Um, So, I'm originally from New York, although currently living down in. Am I allowed to curse? Yeah. Okay. In Bumfuck, Alabama. And um, yeah, what am I doing? I am surviving quarantine with a slow attempt at progressing myself while having the downtime of, you know, again, surviving quarantine. And I would say, in relation to what we were just talking about, Hopefully, slowly beginning the first steps of my dream. Oh. <laughs> okay. Which, I mean, I, again, I'll, I'll tell you more about the the kind of whole train of thought with, you know, the thing I'll I'll be starting kind of the hopeful twenty five years down the line of that. But uh,
0: okay, that'll that'll be off air. No spoilers for Cody's life.
1: But uh, yeah, main TLDR: surviving quarantine. Um, you know, just trying to stay at home, stay safe, and try and use the time at least somewhat meaningfully when not
0: going insane. That's always a goal, to not go insane, hopefully. Um, great, um, and Cody, just so the listeners know, uh, who might not know us, uh, we know each other from Stony Brook. We work together
1: friends co-workers we're yeah. friends
0: some may say co-workers <laughs> um and i might get my coworker christine on the podcast so <laughs> I feel um, like she's good
1: for this. what'd you say i feel like she would be would be good for this depending on that yeah question?
0: that's what chris said chris was asking when christine was going to be on so we'll see she's highly anticipated um Okay, so I'm going to start you off with a very easy question that I start everyone off with. Um, and this is just to get you in the mood. So, favorite. what is your favorite food? Favorite
1: food? Oof. Favorite food ever kind of deal or like current favorite food? Um, we can do ever and current. Okay. I would say current, although unfortunately I haven't actually had a chance to to have it in a while they have a place down here for poke bowls.
0: Have mm. you ever had that? I have not, because I don't like raw fish, but also in Alabama?
1: Yeah, so, okay, so surprisingly, of all things, there's a little, like, so basically, there. there's a one road in the, the town of Man, that's kind of, like, the main highway between here and all the other, like, nearby cities, and they've got everything on this road, and there's this one little like kind of mini, not mall, but you know, kind of like like strip outlet place. And when I tell you that every restaurant in this place has been absolutely amazing and completely unexpected, they have like the best German food I've ever had here, which actually does kind of make sense. There's a whole history of like Nazis in Alabama, actually, which is a funny little history story for you um, that I can tell. But um, basically, so the one of the scientists from World War II who helped create like all the rockets and everything else like that, after World War II ended, they um, they basically said the U.S. said like, hey, we're gonna take him and basically probe his brain and use it to help us win what was the upcoming Cold War, or we try him as you know a war criminal in in World Court, mm-hmm. and sure enough, like I was like, oh, this is ridiculous, and he's like, this is your option, or every other government in the world basically wants to kill you, right? Like you know the hills of Alabama remind me of home. And sure enough, he ended up coming over here and ended up being a a huge part actually in like developing like rockets and missiles and whatever else. There's a lot of military stuff around here. But um, yeah, so like this crazy like German place, this amazing Mexican place, uh, really good Italian, like all the kind of stuff that I only had seen in New York, this one little like strip mall for whatever reason just has like a tiny slice of each of these and they're all actually fantastic. And wow. one of the places that my brother and I had found, once we found this little spot, we're like, okay, we're going to try every single one of them. And the, one of the ones that we had tried that we had never heard of before was a little poke bowl place, which, you know, I love sushi personally. I, I absolutely go nuts for sushi. And so I was like, okay, it's basically sushi, but in a bowl with just, you know, a little bit less manual dexterity to eat it, basically. And sure enough, it once I had it, like, we went back there probably every other week, at least, before quarantine. Oh, so, uh, did they close? I don't know. I feel like it's not the kind of food to do takeout with. Yeah. So we just haven't gone back. I really don't know if it's still open or not. But, yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's you get a big old bowl, whole lot of food. But because it's similar to sushi, like, you don't fill up, you know? Right. Like, how about you but I mean if you don't eat sushi you wouldn't really know but like sushi being just raw fish rice like you can eat a crap ton of it and not you know need to roll yourself out of the room when you're done right so the Whole lot of food absolutely delicious and didn't make you you know crazy full once you finish we were like perfectly content every time
0: mm, that sounds great I wish I liked raw fish because I feel like that would be delicious
1: yeah I mean they probably do I'm sure you can go somewhere, because even, like, sushi has a number of, of dishes that they normally will cook, you know, yeah. like, tempuras and otherwise, so I imagine they'll probably have something like that in the right place.
0: Probably. I'm sure for, you know, people who have
1: kids that want, like, chicken. Yeah, and, and, you know, aren't feeling, like, raw salmon or tuna or whatever.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: But, yeah, so I would say that that would be my current favorite, although, like I said, I haven't had it in months, which is unfortunate but in terms of favorite food ever, favorite food ever,
2: probably, probably
1: stir fries, I would say would be my favorite food ever. It's super random. But I've come to find that like it's one of those things that if I'm ever hungry or if I'm ever out somewhere, I can all like I'll never not want it, uh-huh. and always throw like any kind of whatever in to like fit the mood you're in. Okay, which is kind of super random, but like you know whether it's like you know you throw in a little bit of the right seasoning, or you go to the right place, and it's suddenly like kind of like more like a Mexican stir fry, a little bit spicy with this, or like maybe go for more like an Asian stir fry, or, like a general sour sauce, or whatever. But if it's all the, you know, the main kind of food groups can be flavored in any direction you want. And I feel like it's, for me, it's always been just like a fallback wherever I'm at. So I would say some version of like a stir fry.
0: Okay. That is the first stir fry answer I've gotten. And not something I would have expected. So yeah, I do like a good stir fry. So are you, I know this isn't stir fry, but are you a hibachi fan? I love hibachi. I know. Yeah. Hibachi is great.
1: Although I am notoriously terrible at catching broccoli,
0: I know, and it's really embarrassing because it just hits you in the face, and then you're like, "What do I do now?"
1: Especially too, because I feel like most tabachi chefs always have like the running joke of like once they find the person who can't, like they'll just spend the whole rest of the night or, or day, whatever it is, just like throwing shit at them. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's that somehow always turns into me. So I try to catch one, doesn't work, and next thing you know I just have like little bits of onion or something flung at me.
0: Yep, and then and and it like- tastes good. So you leave with the food in you and outside of you.
1: Full experience.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, okay, do you think you're ready for the the three main questions now?
1: Uh, I hope so. I'm about halfway through my coffee. Okay. Let's
0: do this. Um, all right, Cody. Here's question number one. What is your biggest fear?
1: what is my biggest fear hmm. i would say in terms of biggest fear and it's it's interesting because it's something that i was actually pondering before i jumped on here i'm like i wonder what kind of questions you would ask maybe they ask me that and you know just kind of my brain branched down to a number of places and I actually almost guessed sort of this question or at least something Mm -hmm. kind of along the same lines to it. Um, I would say, and I don't know, maybe if this is like, I guess it's probably pretty common for a lot of people, but just the idea of like living a normal, just, I don't want to say meaningless, Mm -hmm. but like inconsequential life, I guess would probably be the best way to phrase it. And I know, like, this is something that, especially, like, for instance, when I was in college, you know, always kind of grappled with this idea of, like, you know, there's so many people that their goal in life is just, you know, land a decent job, you know, get their, you know, their their typical paycheck every, you know, let's say two weeks, whatever, have, you know, the the partner and kids at home, the, you know, two-car garage, whatever the, you know, the old school, like, 60s American dream is, and just, you know, day-to-day, wake up, go to some, you know, again not meaningless but just blah kind of job just yeah. kind of put the time in come home you know sit and watch tv and next thing you know you're 80 years old and it's just you know you could have enjoyed every bit of that but it's it's, it's almost just kind of you were another just single little dot point of again like I, I feel like it's almost loaded to say but like irrelevance
2: mm-hmm. as
1: opposed to you know I feel like you then get the flip side of people like you know oh, I want to you know, change the world. I want to have my name go down in the history books or, you know, any of the more kind of big ideas of grandeur that, you know, it's that same idea. Like, you know, for me, I think the, you know, something that's kind of been just sort of brewing me over, you know, time, over an amount of time is just this idea of like, well, no, like I, I want to, you know, change the world. I want to make sure that there's, you know, some mark of it that has been, you know, permanently altered like like some other person or you know large scale many people's worlds that some way or another I've changed by, you know, existing, by doing whatever it is I end up doing. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I would say something like that, just kind of, you know, a fear of living a potentially nothing wrong with a good life, but one that's in a sense just inconsequential to the, the grander scheme of you know, the world.
0: hmm So, like, when you would die, really, the only thing you're leaving behind is something for your family, but not for society as a whole.
1: Yeah, like, it's, because if you take a very, like, micro approach to that, I mean, on the one hand, you know, every person you interact with, you know, whatever your job was, like, you do affect other people. It's not like those aren't a thing. Right. But, you know, as you're saying, you know, something a little bit more on that, that larger scale of, you know, it's, it's not just, hey, yeah, you know, he was a, a, you know, let's say a good person, a good father, a good, you know, worker, but, like, no, like, you know, you look back, and you say, like, hey, like, this person is the reason why we now have, you know, I don't know, electricity, this is the reason why, you know, civil rights, you know, insert whatever example you want to do, but, you know, those kind of larger things, where it's, like, like this person fundamentally, like, altered the timeline,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know? So yeah, just, just something like that. And especially, you know, hopefully in a good way, I mean, you've got, you know, people who obviously are infamous and certainly did the wrong, wrong uh, side of that. But yeah. yeah, you know, just the, the idea of, of wanting to make a difference of improving, you know, the lives of others in some meaningful way that, you know, 60 years, whatever it is from now, I can look back and say like, yeah, like it's, you know, my life was, will be worth, you know, at this point, it'll have been worth it to you know, let's say die at this point. I've gotten what I've gotten done. It's had an impact. It meant something.
0: Mm-hmm. Is there a field that you are particularly drawn to?
1: Well, that's where in my case, I mean, like down the road, long term, you know, I, I want to you know, like run for office. Like in this case, my my view is is specifically U.S. based, but like mm-hmm. you know, fixing this damn country.
0: What? There's nothing to fix.
1: Right, we're actually we're perfect. We're great, even some would
0: say. That's why we're all stuck in our home.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, that's cool, Cody. That's cool. That I think that's a good answer and something that people generally fear. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Like you never. There's a lot of great things about having that consistency. But I think everyone kind of wants to make some sort of lasting. Mm And even like, I can even see like having the house and cause that's a big deal for a lot of people. Yeah, um, no one in our
1: generation has houses.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, having a family, that's something a lot of people strive for. Um, but even like, say you are the manager, like, uh, have you listened to this American life? No. Oh, um, well it's a, it's a radio show that's been on for 25 years and I only know that because they're having like a 25 year celebration but um they have it as a podcast now to keep up with the times um and every episode's a different theme I guess and they pull people for different stories and they're from the U.S. or you know it's usually U.S. based and um kind of to show like the variety of people in the country Um, but for some reason that just made me think of this episode where a guy he's like the manager of an amusement park or a a manager of the games department of the amusement park and like he's really good at his job and it's like the people love to work for him he's like the best boss so Mm -hmm. even something like that you're doing that but everything else in your life is quote-unquote normal I feel like that's even better than you know. You come to an office where you're pretty much replaceable, and
1: right, another cog in the machine.
0: Right. Some people want that too, but um, I'm with you that that's not something that I would be completely interested in.
1: That actually that reminded me. Um, I remember reading somewhere it was, it was the kind of thing you read at two in the morning when you're like down rabbit holes. But Mm -hmm. it was this article about just like weird, interesting theories of like, you know, certain random things in society, but like, you know, like weird, broad, like philosophical arguments that you're like, you know, it's the kind of thing you read and you're just like, whoa. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had read one of these and it was the idea that human history and like our fascination with history is really just a societal uh, scale of fearing death or like fearing our own end. Mm. basically this idea that if you by telling ourselves this sort of history of you know everything that goes back as you know basically as far as we know and over time the way that we've been doing this it's almost like hey there's people that you know have come before us you know at some point soon you'll be the ones you know telling these stories and writing the books and all that and that on some kind of grand societal level it almost kind of like you know calms our fear of of death of you know some kind of just oblivion, and that no one would, or most people probably would not want to have happen, and that it, you know, it's almost kind of like a a societal coping mechanism. Yeah. I I was just like, that is fascinating.
0: Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. The other day, I was actually thinking, like, what if we found out that, you know, life is infinite, and we, I mean, that's reincarnation. It's not like I'm having some big idea. (laughs) Um, You read a book about this. (laughs) um and like what would we do with our lives if we found out that this is just gonna happen like we just kept going through different lives Mm -hmm. like would we take it more easy and just enjoy everything a little bit more
1: well would it I guess to throw back in the religion would it be based on like you know the actual reincarnation idea of depending on what your life was like is you know are you coming back as like a cow or are you coming back as you know like a person in a higher caste kind of deal?
0: I don't know. I I guess for this idea that I had, which is playing off reincarnation, you're coming back as a person, um, but I guess your socioeconomic status and where you live changes.
1: Would just be random?
0: It would just be random.
1: Yeah, I feel like if it's random, I feel like people would definitely be more, you know, anything from risk-taking to just free right life. because you know on the one hand hey if it's based on morality if you're a good person you come back in a better position obviously that's going to you know incentivize being a good person but mm-hmm. if it doesn't matter i mean in that case then what's you know I, I feel like people would try and just take them take and make the most out of whatever that situation is that they're then you know assuming you know born back into depending on its level of, of ability to change
0: yeah i guess that's why reincarnation has Rules, um yeah. because otherwise people would be really reckless. And if they're like, "Oh, if I'm just gonna come back in another life, I'll just end it right now."
1: You know? Yeah. Oh man, I'm you know I'm born you know in absolute squalor. Well, okay. Hopefully, I come back next time as a rich man. You
0: know. Exactly. Exactly. Probably. So, I guess there's a a perk of not knowing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. But I feel like I don't know. I guess yeah, that kind of takes away from like it, just enjoying everything in your life. Because I guess, or you could think, you know, if you, I feel like we're lucky being born in the U.S. Um, you know, living comfortable lives. I would say, mm-hmm. um, and we like even if we do have bad times to enjoy it, because maybe we would come back completely impoverished. Sure. But then okay. if. You're, I don't know some people enjoy living but I guess you have to live your life to become cognizant that you're coming back right
1: I mean well it depends if we found this out Mm -hmm. I mean first off there would be entire like let's be real In, in our day and age there would be entire like systems of oh hey you know get your 23 and me you know I'm sure by then they'll figure out hey we'll swab your cheek and we'll tell you your you know 47 past lives if you don't remember them you know, you're going to have, I'm picturing, like, there's going to be soulmate, you know, businesses or whatever else, because people are are going to, you know, jump into that, like, oh, you know, I was with this person 16 lives ago, and I know it's them, and sure enough, you'll have people trying to find each other the world over. I mean... Wait, is that what a soulmate is, Cody? It could be. If reincarnation exists, maybe.
0: Wow, that is so crazy. I literally never well you know like that's my soulmate you just say it and you don't really know what you're saying but like you knew them before,
1: maybe you, you know what I mean like you got that you're like like what would war mean you know ideally if you're you're killing and taking over people well, if they're just going to come back that's going to have an entirely different like you know implication to it um, yeah
0: certain people though like they wouldn't come back as that person so.
1: Right, it's not like the one person would come back, but it's even just the idea of, like, you know, would other people join wars just because they know, well, you know, fuck it, if I die, like, I'll just come back as something else, and then, you know, we'll roll the cards again, but, hey, I really don't like this, you know, group, or I'm I'm against that country doing this thing, Mm -hmm. yeah, fuck it, I'll enlist, because, you know, it's not like it's, it's as much a risk as we would see it now. Right, right. Yeah, the implications of that would be wild yeah just like a reincarnation system that's entirely random yeah see which then oh because that's even making me think more are you familiar with like John Rawls no so John Rawls is a philosopher I think he's still alive unless he he may have like just recently died he's pretty old dude um he was a really famous I'm pretty sure he's from the U.S. but I could be wrong philosopher in like basically like the the 20th century like you Mm -hmm. know like, World War II, I believe, through, like, you know, the 80s or whatever, and um, his his big idea, like, one of one of the things he's most famous for is the Rawlsian curtain, and it's basically an idea of justice, so I don't know if you're familiar, I don't know if you've ever, like, taken any philosophy classes or are familiar with any of this kind of stuff.
0: No, I haven't. I took uh, sociology theories classes, but I don't remember him from that.
1: Okay. Yeah, so it's basically the, at least from the, the stuff I've read in the way I view it, it's, it's essentially an idea, imagine there's a curtain, mm-hmm. and imagine you're behind the curtain, and you can adjust how the people on the, the other side of this curtain will fall, so it's, it's almost kind of like, imagine society's over here, curtain you, and you can adjust where people may fall in society, mm-hmm but you don't know where in society you will then be placed. So in other words, you're designing the world, but you don't know where in the world you yourself are gonna fall. What would be the best way to do that? Well, he oh, so saying
0: like, you could have it on a large scale, like very, like people are on a much lower level to a much higher level and people in between, or you can have people close to equal.
1: Exactly. So, you know, do you put, since you don't know where you're going to fall, you know, some person who's crazy may say like, okay, cool. Let's say, you know, let's assume a hundred slots. One of those slots has 99% of all the stuff. Everybody else is splitting the 1%. You have a 1% chance to be the wealthiest person in all of existence. You have a 99% chance to be, you know, a person living in abject poverty.
0: Right. Isn't, most this, people. isn't this capitalism versus socialism?
1: kind of, not necessarily, but it's, it's a similar idea of like wealth distribution and that question of wealth distribution. So, you know, would you, would a person reasonably design that system though, if they don't know where they're going to fall, if there's only a 1% chance that, you know, they'll actually be in the uber wealthy and the 99% chance that, you know, they live in abject poverty. Most people wouldn't roll the dice on that. Mm-hmm. Most people instead would probably say like, Hey, what if everybody, you know, let's say has just an equivalent x or even like a little bit of fluctuation but everyone is generally around x, well if you don't know where you're going to be put into that system, any which way you go about it, you're going to be decently off or at least the same as everybody else. Right. So that's now making me think if we had this like reincarnation version, you know, that would upend a number of different kind of like, historical mindsets, basically, of, oh, you know, the, the West is, you know, the, the true virtuous ones that made it, and, you mm-hmm. know, Africa and the Middle East and whatever else is, you know, well, they're poor because, you know, they didn't adopt liberal values, or, you know, insert whatever the propaganda that, you know, has been pushing our history textbooks for a while, and, you know, like, would that reasonably change the way that like a better way we as in like developed countries to like invest in other places in the world, just because, you know, it's one thing to say like, Hey, I was born in America. I'm super lucky. Life is good. Mm -hmm. But if I died and suddenly came back in, you know, let's say, I don't know, super poor country, I don't know, like Uzbekistan or something. Well, I now have somewhat of a vested interest in Mm -hmm. developing, you know, Uzbekistan or, you know, whatever it is. Right. That could be my next life then.
0: Oh, okay. But, so that's uh, almost better than what I was saying because then there's always an incentive.
1: Well, that's that's what I was saying. It, you almost like you would be creating an ongoing, like, Rawlsian curtain for the world.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, if, if Bill Gates could be born in the poorest country next, well, he might actually shit out a few more of his billions to, to boost up that country as opposed to now, just because that could be him for only knows when he dies.
0: Right. And oh, wow. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about in the current life, you would want to. Right. So that would, ah, oh, very interesting. And that goes back to what you were saying is that leaving some sort of a lasting contribution instead of just doing like the day to day because mm-hmm. you want to come. I mean, essentially, that idea is here with people having kids. Like, you want right. to make the world better for your kids. But really, it's not your world. It's the world. It's, like, your family, which isn't the world. You know, like, the – I'm just thinking of, like, Bangkok, because when I went there, I honestly was so surprised at to how much poverty there is. Um, And, like, if I have kids, it's not like – I'm like, let me, you know – do what I can for Thailand because my kids need a better life, you know, like they right. probably would just go there on vacation or something. But then that goes into like the savior complex, and how do you do it without, you know, going in somewhere and maybe they like it there, you know, like mm-hmm. then you're turning places into something else for you, not for them,
1: right? At that point, it's like fetishizing them almost,
0: right? Exactly, exactly. So, I guess. <laughs> you could get a good idea of how people live and if there's something that they feel they really need then you can invest in that Mm -hmm. so
1: yeah that also just made me think like what would happen to reproduction like if everybody comes back well i guess your
0: soul is coming back as that baby so if reproduction stopped then you're not then no one's coming back
1: Sure, but, like, I mean, the Earth started with, you know, let's just say a handful of humans that Mm -hmm. have since become seven billion humans. Mm -hmm. Would that just be the souls of, like, the first seven people having just slowly been split amongst seven billion people?
0: Maybe your soul is in, like, a (laughs) way. You know, like, ghosts? Like, (laughs) if, if you believe in ghosts, like, ghosts are just waiting for the next baby to be born. Maybe, but, like.
1: Yeah, if that was actually a thing, like the, the again, the implications of that would be mind boggling.
0: Right. Because now I'm thinking, like, okay, let's say there's three men and three women, the first three men and three women, they all give birth. Who are those souls? Are they just clean right. slates? I mean, <laughs> something had to start somewhere.
1: Because I don't even think about that. Because I'm, too, oh my God. I, I feel like my mind is going to the worst places but i'm now picturing like so let's say like parents have a kid and they you know 23 and me the kid to figure out who he was in a past life you know like if somebody shows up and it's like hey you know this was like horrible murderer you know i don't know this is jack the ripper from you know london in the 1600s or something
0: i was going to say so, jack the
1: ripper it's like you know would we have like like infanticide would that just become a thing because it's like well i mean they're going to come back either way same thing, like, is murder now less illegal? Because the implications are different, if not necessarily... I mean, they're, they're still bad, but they're not as bad as they would be. That's true. Society would, like, fall apart.
0: <laughs> but now we're getting into the nature versus nurture thing. Like, some, there are some base personality traits, but then there's also things that you learn. So, like...
1: Sure, if a soul is is if that person being born is the soul of somebody else and we could like somehow scientifically know this would nature and nurture even still be an argument
0: i think you go back to who you were when you were born i guess have you seen dexter
1: I've, little bits of it i've seen like random sporadic episodes
0: okay can i spoil something
1: i've read the way so yeah. <laughs> okay. you no, it. i basically know what happens
0: okay. um so spoiler alert for anyone who wants to watch dexter but you know how like you find out that dexter was found in like inches of blood in the, yeah, like, yeah and there's like and parents that's are probably bad. why he's a murderer yeah so if De- like dexter died and then he came back he's pre that he's like he's pre murderer dexter
1: mm-hmm.
0: so it's like a, another chance
1: it's pre-murder but like so when when did the clock start though
0: yeah, I thought about that too when I said you
1: know, that like are we all actually just cavemen and you know <laughs> I
0: don't
1: know. That would
2: be society would fall apart.
0: Yeah. I guess the not knowing is the ease ignorance is bliss in this case.
1: Yeah.
0: Maybe. Yeah. I, maybe someone has a better idea.
1: <laughs> I think there's about Forty-five different religions that will tell you so.
0: Yeah, I know. We're really taking religion out of this whole thing, um, or putting it into it. I mean, reincarnation is definitely secular
1: amazing. reincarnation.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, Cody. Great answer for that first question.
1: Yeah, that that was all over the
0: place. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. The best. The best is seeing where these questions go. Okay, this question's a little more straightforward. Um what is the last thing you built?
1: what's the last thing i built um a pergola
0: a pergola or a, you called it a pergola
1: pergola I've heard both ways. I'm not gonna lie pergola sounds dumber to me <laughs> like <laughs> I've always heard it as pergola. I don't know. Maybe I feel like it's a little fancier that way. Yeah, sounds like you're like derping out a word. (laughs) um, um, Yeah, no. We um, so in our backyard. We actually really nice backyard here. Um, Basically, we've got um, added part of driveway, whole lot of lawn for the dogs, or, or like backyard lawn for the dogs pool over here and then like a hunk of concrete basically like right in between where like the the kind of lawn and the pool is Mm -hmm. and what we ended up doing was we got a pergola pergola um to you know kind of add a little bit of shade to that and then ended up putting a fireplace and basically a bunch of chairs slash like the pergola on one half is a um a love seat and the other half is like a bar top oh cool so it's that with like chairs and stuff inside and like a mini little fireplace So it's a nice bit of, you know, kind of shade and sort of like an outside sort of like seating area for us when we're, you know, either out in the pool or just kind of out and around. It's Alabama, so it's, I mean, the coldest it usually gets here is like 40 to 50 degrees.
0: Yeah. Cool. That's cool. And you built that by yourself?
1: No, no, no. That was a family project. We, We basically spent a weekend and kind of just, it was like me and my brother and my dad and really just, you know, dove into it. Basically just a, a lot of slats of wood, drilled it into some concrete and wasn't too bad. It's actually then been a little bit of an ongoing project because we've been adding like, you know, little lights and stuff like that to it. We got a bug zapper because I don't know if you've ever been to Alabama, but there's a gajillion bugs here and they're all like that big. Mm. Um, but yeah, we've been adding the lights, a little bit of plants. You know, it's been making it nice. Cool. That's cool. Um
0: yeah, if you send a picture, I could put it on the Instagram. This is Cody's pergola. Cool. <laughs> um, okay, last question: Where is the worst place you've ever traveled?
1: Hmm. <laughs> well, I had one one quick answer that came to mind. It, I don't. I'll I'll think of the other one as I'm telling the story because I don't know if it will fully count, but my family, we were all going on vacation. This was years ago. I was, I don't know, probably like 13 or 14. And, I'm and trying, now you're 15, right? Yeah, now I'm 15. <laughs> um, and God, I'm trying to remember where we're either heading up to Maine, or Massachusetts, or like, so it was somewhere in New England, a mm-hmm. general area. And um Yeah, we were driving up there and we, as we were heading up, we were on insert some interstate in, you know, the middle of nowhere, surrounded by, you know, just trees and forests and stuff. And it just started downpouring. Where sure enough, you know, it was disgusting out, it was dark, the roads were super wet. And as we were driving, it was pretty late because, you know, normally my folks would want to drive at night just to avoid a lot of traffic. And it hit the point, it was like, okay, like, it's disgusting how, like, we need to stop somewhere, like, we mm-hmm. we'd need to just sleep for a little bit, we can't drive this weather. And so we started looking up, you know, like, just some kind of nearby, you know, like, hotel, motel, just something, and we found the Three Bears Inn, I'm pretty sure that was the name of it, but I could be wrong, and it was this, like, it almost looked like a house that somebody just kind of slightly turned into you know like a mini hotel like basically just a little bit of a bigger house and we found this place it was the only you know hotel type thing in miles and miles and miles and so we're like hey we don't know what this place is gonna be like but again it's disgusting out let's get some sleep like we'll just sleep a couple hours we'll rough it and then we'll, we'll hit the road once you know the sun's back down the weather clears And so we get to this place, and you know my my folks go in, and they, um, you know, they they get the room and all that, and we ended up going up this like weird little like side staircase to get up to what was basically just like a large upper floor attic kind of thing that was Mm -hmm. like turned into the hotel rooms. And so we get up there, and we start just hearing all these noises. There's two people going at it in one room. There's other more sketchy sounds coming from another nearby room and ours is like the one at the end of the hall. Mm-hmm. We kind of like slowly open this room and it's, you know, two beds and we start looking and there's like a half door in the wall that was just sort of there. Okay. okay. We look around, there's like a half a jar window. Like there were little things that you just look at this and you're like, this is just off. We yeah. open up the little half door there's a tiny like five by five by like four room with just a chair in it what yeah like so we're we're going through this and we're like what the fuck is this? like there is something going on to this place like this is not normal so we're like guys we're gonna sleep with our shoes on let's just get four hours of sleep and the moment the sun comes up we're getting the hell out of here yeah So, you know, sure enough, like, we didn't, like, lay in the beds. Like, we basically just laid on top of them, shoes on, like, fully dressed, and we're just, like, we're going to sleep with half an eye open. And uh, hopefully we don't get murdered in the middle of the night. And, yeah, uh, it was just, it was a very skeevy place. And sure, like, my mom, too, she's the kind of person that, like, if she knows there's a spider in the room, like, she won't sleep. Oh, Uh, no. Yeah nothing she was wide awake like the whole night oh that sounds awful yeah it was it was pretty bad and then sure enough again at most maybe four hours later got up jumped back in the car and it was like that was not worth it let's get back on the
2: road Mhm.
1: but no i'm trying to think that's i mean that was like a singular location versus i guess like you know a bigger place right so. I guess again, are there any other like qualifiers to this? You know, any kind of length of stay or like nope. broad re- region or something like that to it?
0: Not really. I guess when I was thinking of it, it's like you plan to go somewhere you went and you're like, This is awful.
1: Just driving through Canadian blizzard count?
0: <laughs> yeah, that that would count. That would count.
1: <laughs> I would say that's I don't know because most of the places I've been, at least everything coming off the top of my head, I feel like have usually been even if not necessarily enjoyable, have been, you know, kind of made enjoyable and made to be the best of it. You know, try to think a place that was just like, you know, the absolute worst, you know, kind of just far known, terrible kind of thing. Mm. I feel like it was more so situations within given places. Like Canada was a blast, but driving through the worst blizzard Canada had in ten years was terrifying.
0: Yeah, I can imagine your experience was a little different from mine. You were in another car, but, um, yeah.
1: yeah. I would say probably that. I mean, I, I can think of ones that would have been. Did, like, did I ever tell you the uh, the Haiti earthquake story?
0: You went to Haiti?
1: I did. Um, well, the Dominican Republic to be specific. Um, again, I was younger. I think I was like 16 at the time um again family went on vacation and we went to uh punta cana i believe is the name of it i want to say yeah in a, in the dominican republic and sure enough stayed at an awesome resort all inclusive a whole lot of fun beautiful sunshine life was good most of the time most of the time we did crash a catamaran which is another fun story um don't ever let me sail but i you were not on my list of number one sailors so hey i can drive a boat really well just can't sail um, but uh yeah, so we end up saying this resort, life was good. When we left though, we get on the plane and sure enough we get back and we had like hundreds of phone calls. When we got back we were like, Hey, what's up? Like, why did you call us 47 times? And it was like, oh my god, are you okay? Like, yeah, plane touchdown fine. Like it was a nice flight, I slept a bit. Like, what's up? And they're like, do, do, do you not know what's going on? No, turn the news on that was the day that haiti had that like 7.0 or whatever it was earthquake wow left three hours before it hit
0: oh my goodness yeah wow.
1: and i mean granted we were on the other side of the island because that island is like half to make republic half haiti right but when that earthquake hit i mean like power went out i'm pretty sure like basically across the island like I'm sure thousand people died and like whatever it was, it was a nightmare. But mm-hmm. if that had happened, like we probably would have been stuck there for a month or two, you know, potentially. I mean I don't know what the exact conditions would have been, but you know, it could have been anything from rationing food to all sorts of other, you know, craziness. Oh my goodness. So that probably would have been my answer had we not left three hours before. Wow. Definitely lucky. Yeah. Yeah, we got back and we were just like, "Oh my god!" And we like we were sitting there, we're like we almost stayed for seven days.
0: Like, wow, six, You know what I mean? Like, whew. So. that's that's pretty nuts. I think my aunts were in Thailand and they left right before that earthquake happened. Really? Tsunami, tsunami, which is an earthquake of the sea. So that's happened. Um. Wow, that's crazy. I think Three Bears in, and also I love that it, it's called that because of the experience that you had maybe other people had a great experience
1: I think I think our porch was too hot if that's what you're talking about then with I like three bears was. but it yeah oh man it was just I imagine somebody was like hey I can probably get some people stuck on the road or some tweakers up here make an extra you know 400 bucks a month or something and it was not worth it
0: yeah <laughs> Doesn't sound like it. I will keep that in mind the next time I drive through New England. Three be bears in? No, thank
1: you. Again, like I for the life of me wouldn't be able to tell you where, but it was just a nice little hidden spot in the middle of nowhere. Somewhere mm. up in New England.
0: Okay. Good to know. I hope we don't put them out of business.
1: I have a we'll lot have I don't know. Like, <laughs> I have a hey, lot if, of- if someone's hustling and doing their thing, good on you. Just you know. Make sure your customers feel safe if your chat is provided.
0: Close that room with the chair.
1: (laughs) Put an actual door up and lock it. Yeah, that was so. And again, because it was like a mini room, like, like you know, maybe like chest high or so. Mm -hmm. It was literally a little room with a chair in it. It was, and like an open chair, not even like against the wall, like open chair. That's
0: very weird. Yes. Very weird um cody thank you so much for answering these questions
1: well it's been a blast
0: now the mo not the most important question but the question to move this podcast to the next person again it only has to be someone that you know i don't have to know them you just have to help mm-hmm. me contact them sure who would you like to answer these three questions
2: hmm um,
1: I can think of someone that I think you would have a fun conversation with and a fun job getting to know. But my buddy Michael. Okay. He's a good friend of mine. I play D and D with him every week. He's a librarian, actually. Um, okay. Great friend of mine. Very, very naturally funny person. I That's think you have a fun time just talking to him and getting to know him.
0: Okay, Michael. All right, um, if you can shoot Michael a text, say, "Hey, I have a friend who's making a podcast. She would love to have you on as a guest. We'll see what happens."
1: I feel like he'll do it too. He's he's the kind of guy who's just open to like, okay, what the hell? Let's do this.
0: Cool. I'm excited.
1: This I is. Think we'll be down for it.
0: This is what I like. I like meeting new people. Well, that's,
1: uh, I was trying to think of names. I'm like, uh, I can think of all the people in our circle, but like, you're gonna talk to them anyway at some point, probably. Yeah. I'm like, let's, let's branch out. Like, who's a good person? This'll be a fun conversation. I would definitely listen to that. So yeah, I will shoot him a text. So I, I, think, he'll, I think he'll jump on this.
0: Cool, we're getting Michael, we're getting Michael. Um, well, thank you so much, Cody. And we'll uh, talk to Michael, see how that goes. And, uh, depending on, you know, when he gets back to us and, um, when the person he refers gets back, then the episode will be made. So we'll see when Mm -hmm. it comes
1: out. Yeah, Yeah. that'd be awesome. Yeah.
0: Hello, Michael. How are you?
3: Doing pretty well. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thank you. Um so Michael Cody was the first person in this episode and then he tagged you to do it. So can you tell me how you know Cody?
3: Um I went to high school with Cody. I was also really good friends with his uh, entire family growing up and after college I actually got back in contact with the entire family so we still uh talk pretty regularly. We play like a D&D game on Thursdays and yeah.
0: Very cool. Very awesome. Um, and Michael, you and I have not met before this, so it's cool to meet someone I've never met before.
3: Yeah, and I've never been on a podcast before,
0: Oh, so cool. it's pretty exciting. Yeah, I'm excited to have you um, and excited for this to be your first podcast. Very cool.
3: I will apologize if you hear me like drinking coffee in the middle of this, but you know.
0: No problem. We <laughs> I think I'll be you. fine. <laughs> yes, yes. I want you to be alert. Okay, so Michael, can you introduce yourself and just tell me your name, which I literally just said, uh, where you're from and what you do.
3: Sure, Um, my name is Michael, I'm 28. I am currently a, this is gonna sound like a mess, I am a children's, teens and makerspace librarian. Um, I work in three different departments between two different libraries. Um, So one library, I'm a children's librarian and the other one I'm split between teens and makerspace. the children's and teens part is pretty self-explanatory, um, but the makerspace one is basically I help out anyone, uh, regardless of age, to do all sorts of um, like crafting and like maker activities, such as like cricket machines, 3D printing, laser etching. Um, that was more the most re- the most new job that I have, so there's still a lot that I'm training through right now. Um, but yeah, it's a really fun job. <laughs> I like all three of my departments. Oh, that's um, amazing. Me personally, um, I, don't know, I like to bake a lot of my free time. I play a lot of video games. I read a lot. um Read a lot of fiction, nonfiction, manga, graphic novels, partly uh, even picture books. Partly to cover up um, anything that I might use for my job, or just anything I personally find interesting, or anything that like people say in hushed tones, like this is the best thing ever. You got to do it. I'll do it, but I'll probably complain about it along the way. But along but this is fun to do anyway um and yeah that's okay.
0: cool i'm glad that you're a librarian who reads that's uh comforting mm-hmm.
3: it's actually a little bit more rare than people think um cuz a lot of people have like their own lives their own families and things like that like it's kind of hard to actually find a librarian who like dedi- that reads in a very dedicated manner i try to read at least like 100 books a year
0: Wow. That's cool. Very cool. Very cool. Um, And you're the first librarian I've had on here. So Ah.
2: excited,
0: even more excited to have you. Okay, Michael. So every episode, I will ask each person um, just a little tester question to get you into the mood to answer. So are you ready? Sure. Yeah. Okay. What is your favorite food?
3: Um. So my, I'll say two things. One of the, my favorite food would probably be coffee. Um, I know that's kind of a cheat, depending on how you see that. Um, I actually have a lot of coffee-making um, stuff in my house that I like to just play around with. In fact, right before I came this podcast, I was just making coffee on my Chemex. Um, I just like the idea of coffee in general. I just find it all fascinating. And I have kind of become a coffee geek, especially through the quarantine. It's just kind of a fun hobby. It's relatively cheap unless if you start doing silly things like i do (laughs) um but my favorite food um i'd probably say ramen just in general um before the quarantine i used to have a tradition is i'd go with my wife to the city and we would try to see if we can go to every ramen place in new york city and um we've been to like i want to say like a little less than a dozen but we've been through quite a bit a lot of the big ones already but it's just always kind of like been a really good memory, and even if it's not my favorite food, it has like the best kind of memories with it, if that makes sense. So I would always say that by default.
0: That's amazing. That's really mm-hmm. cool. Um, you would be my first coffee and my first ramen, so.
3: Nice.
0: Um. Not I at
3: the have... same time, though. I have to be honest; those two things don't mix together.
0: Yeah, no. I I feel like if you're having two hot things at the same time, it's just a little mm-hmm. overwhelming.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. I have a good ramen recommendation. It's not for New York City, just a, a bit north of there in Montreal. It's called Restaurant Nudo, if you're ever interested. Best ramen I've ever had.
3: Oh, I see it right here. Okay. Oh, this is pretty nice.
0: Yeah, it was kind of off the beaten path, and we weren't planning on going there, but I think someone like looked it up on Yelp, but it was delicious. It might not be the best ramen I've ever had, because I did go to Japan. But, best ramen I've
3: had outside of Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these, these look really good. The side dishes look amazing. Yeah, I how yeah. I go here. I haven't been to Montreal in years.
0: Yeah, and they have hand-pulled noodles and um, you can watch them like pull the noodles, too. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually went with Cody, so you can ask him he might remember This place it. looks really, really good. Yeah. So I hope you and your wife can enjoy it also. Yeah. Um, good, good, good. Are you ready for the big questions? Ready as ever. Okay. First one. What is your biggest
3: fear? Um, I'd probably say my biggest fear of being very truthful would be not I'm trying to think of the best way to word it, not having like a support group or not having like people around me. Um, Mm -hmm. I found like the the moments in my life that I've been the most successful um, have always been when I have other people around me to either bounce ideas off or not even just ideas, but like to bounce energy off. Um, I, I feel like it's something that's not really talked about a lot. Like we put a lot of thought and time into like how great like having a relationship like a romantic relationship is but like even those friends are almost as important um and there's been a lot of times where like I've felt alone in high school or in college especially um and having those one or two friends in those in those you know those correct times the correct places like really help out a lot so I, I sometimes I still have that fear like you know like what if I need help with something and I don't have that person or that support around me you know like I want to make sure I constantly have someone around me that I can go to for help if I really need it even if I don't need it like it feels good to have that support group if you need it
0: oh definitely yeah I think that's a really great answer and I've this is a pretty common question and I've heard it asked a lot and the answers to it but honestly I've never heard that answer before but I think it's a really important one
3: Yeah, because it's kind of like what I was saying is a lot of people don't really talk about this. Like the the closest thing that like at least our society focuses on is like you need to get in a relationship or like, you know, this is how you date. This is how you get married. But like, that's only one part of it. It's a big part of it. It's a really important part of it, but it's not the only part, you know, like just being able to have a, you know, a girl's night or go out with the guys and have a beer. Like that's something that does so much for you mentally that a lot of people just completely dismiss, and I've seen people who don't have that same group, and I think you can stagnate really hard off that. Not just like like personal growth, but like I, I see them having a hard time dealing with like just emotions or feeling down, like if they're just depressed over something or angry, like they have nowhere to vent that to, they have no system. And to me, that's the scariest thing. Um, it, because if you don't have that support group, then like, you know, you're not really living your life. Like you're, you're like, you're. I'm sorry, you're living your life, but it's a much harsher one where you don't have that, you know, that warmth and love that all everyone kind of needs. And again, not talking about romantic love, talking more about the familial that gets dismissed way too easily.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I always say that you have um, like, I believe I have certain friends for certain reasons, so Absolutely. you know, I don't just put one friend with the responsibility. I, I do have friends that I am closer with who I tend to disclose more things to, I guess. But you know, if maybe I'm really annoyed with someone and I have a friend that's really good at you know getting angry too, and I just want like a hype person, kind of so to speak, or someone is really good with advice with certain things so I'll go to them or someone's just really funny and I you know want to have a good time like there's different friends for different things and I've never like ranked my friends in a certain order because they're you know they're all there for different purposes but I I totally agree it's good to have that community around you not just a romantic partner although that's you know really important but it also shouldn't be their responsibility to take on everything also
3: Absolutely. And like, I was lucky enough, um, like growing up that like I had parents that I could talk to and I had an older brother that I could talk to. Um, and even just having something simple as that, like really helps out a lot. Like if people don't have that, or if they're not able to communicate with, you know, whether it's family or friends or, you know, the romantic interest, like that's really, really important on having that really, really hurts.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Amazing answer, Michael. Okay. Are you ready for question two?
3: Yeah, let's do it. Okay.
0: What is the last thing that you built?
3: Uh, Actually, I have the answer to this. So on Monday, this actually was two days ago, I'm trying to learn, I mentioned before I was a makerspace librarian. um, One of the things I was working on is using the laser etcher. So what Mm -hmm. the laser etcher can do is it can cut out shapes, like cut something out like a jigsaw puzzle out of wood and it can also engrave on top of it um one thing i'm trying to get better at is obviously getting more comfortable with it so that way if a patron comes in i could teach him how to do it um so i was trying to make a acrylic door hanger uh like the do not disturb signs um but mine was gonna say like you know do not disturb you know creative people are in in here i forgot what i, I wrote something snappy on it i forgot what it was um but I was trying to work it out. Um, I wasn't able to quite finish it because there was one thing I was stuck on. So a coworker and I were trying to figure it out before I had to go. And then like she emailed me back, I think about a half hour later and we kind of figured out So the next time I'm in, I'm in. I'll see if I can get it going. Um, besides that, like when it's not work time, I like I've mentioned before too, I do a lot of baking. Um, I've always been like very inspired off things like Great British Bake Show, um, a lot of the big baking shows in general. Um, I actually have a ton of the cookbooks and one of my biggest hopes for 2021 is I want to learn to get better at like cookie decoration. I've never really been interested in it, but I want to know enough of it that like I could do it if I want to. Yeah.
0: Um,
3: I usually don't skew towards that. I like to just try new recipes rather than decorating. That just, that's more of where my interests lie. Mm -hmm. But the last thing I made was from, I actually have the book right here. I know this is an audio podcast, but I'll just show you. Um, This is from Claire Saffitz from Bon Appetit. Okay. And the last thing that I made was a strawberry-almond Bostock, which is like a French toast with like an almond paste on top of it, strawberry jam, uh, toasted almonds, and fresh strawberries. And it was absolutely delicious. It's like a very sweet dessert-like French toast.
0: Yum. Michael, you're making my heart sing. Um, I know we don't know each other, but I am – I love cooking. I'm addicted to cookbooks. I always mm-hmm. ask for them for Christmas and my birthday. It doesn't matter how many I have. Um, and I love trying out new recipes from them. And I also love the Great British Baking Show. So
3: I have to ask, do you have like the same urge to just like randomly flip through a cookbook sometimes and just look through it and touch mm-hmm. the pages? Because I do that a lot. Like I, I was doing that last night a little bit.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, all the time. Especially when I get a new one. I just love to see like... Um, The, you know, some have really good pictures and I'm like, whoa, that'd be really cool to make. And then I get really hungry when I look through them. But what I do is I catalog my cookbooks. Mm -hmm. So I do it by um, ingredient. So then when I have like something in my kitchen, I'm like, oh, this might go bad soon. I'm like, oh, I can just look at this, you know, this recipe requires eggs and I'll see, you know, what I can make from there because I have so many, there's like no way I'll be able to make them all. but It's a cool way to try them
3: out. Yeah, I have every single time I do a recipe from these books, I actually try to print it out so that way I can make copies for other people if they want. Um, I actually, when I got engaged, uh, one of my jobs through my engagement party, they gave me like a binder full of recipes because everyone there knew I like to uh, bake and cook, and I ended up turning that binder into like my binder of all of my collected recipes and it's kind of neat over the years to watch it go from like being very like small to just like expanding and thicker and thicker and thicker still got room but like it's definitely over the years like I've only been like cooking and baking seriously for like five years like and not consistently like it's only like the last year or two when I moved out that I was able to like put a lot more time and effort into it and go for like crazier and crazier recipes
0: yeah that's awesome I'm sure your wife enjoys it yeah she, it,
3: except for his weight loss time then I'm uh you know I'm an enemy of everyone in the house but you know
0: yeah yeah it's okay actually the night that I got engaged I obviously didn't know but I was like oh I'll make uh fresh pasta and meatballs and stuff and I was cooking for like seven hours and uh poor Noah was just waiting the whole time <laughs> but I was so wrapped up in it um that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
3: that must have been uh, a good pasta afterward, though. Right? Did you eat? Uh, before before, after the proposal?
0: uh We ate before because I guess he didn't want to like give away that there was some sort of surprise. But I'm sure he was—he didn't eat that much, which is odd for him because he likes to eat a lot. So mm-hmm. that should have been a sign. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was—I was enjoying it.
3: Well, it's a sign, but so you know, that's hard to read into to get to that conclusion.
0: Exactly. I wouldn't be like, you didn't eat that much. You must be proposing. <laughs> uh wow i'm so excited to meet a fellow cookbook enthusiast
3: yeah if you uh personal recommendation if you want to read um dessert person by claire saffets uh um, she's from bon appetit um she recently split from the channel to do her own thing and uh yeah i've always been a big fan of her she always does like really weird creative bakes like um trying to make a gourmet twinkie or trying to make gourmet m&ms from scratch there's a lot of like weird uh recipes like that and um, her dessert book is, like, a very comprehensive, like, here's some easy stuff. Here's some hard stuff. I personally would 100% endorse this book. I love it.
0: Awesome. I love stuff like that. I'm yeah. going to look into it. I'll add it to the collection. Wow. Great answer. Not that Cody's answer of a pergola wasn't great, but I, I do love this.
3: <laughs> I'll make fun of him. I'll tell him all of his answers. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs>
0: um, okay final question where's the worst place you've traveled
3: the worst place i've traveled um i haven't really traveled a lot i'm not the biggest on tra- okay let me remember that i used to not like traveling now i kind of did but i chose a great time to be like kind of get over it and then the quarantine happened like a year later and like okay i guess this wasn't the thing i had to resolve um worst place i actually traveled um I remember when I was in Connecticut, I went up with my family. It was like, we went to visit my father's side of the family and um, it wasn't, there was nothing really bad that happened per se. It was just kind of like, it was like one of those places where they were constantly doing things for each other. There wasn't really anything for like 14 year old Michael to do. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of like hanging out in the hotel, playing a DS in the hotel reading a book in the hotel, you know, like taking a sad shower because there's nothing happening on this vacation. Um, Like, I think the highlights were like, we went antiquing, we went to a town that looked almost derelict. Like, it it was just like one of those like vacations that nothing really happened. I don't really have like a crazy story of like, you know, here's what horribly went wrong um which maybe is worse because i don't have like a bad story that's worth telling it was just extremely boring and i think it went on for like four or five days and it just like every day i woke up like can i go home now there's nothing happening here like Aww. you don't want to be selfish obviously like the vacation wasn't for me but at the same time there was absolutely nothing for me so it was just kind of a very pointless boring one so
0: Aw. any vacation with the sad shower is not a good vacation.
3: Yeah, when you're like, maybe I'll take an extra 20 minutes on the shower because I don't want to go outside and wait in the hotel again. That was, That's that was the closest I have to a bad story. It was just really boring.
0: Yeah. Oh. Sorry, Michael.
3: That's <laughs> okay. Got through it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Loved your answers. Um, And now I want to know, who would you like to answer these questions? They'll be the last person for the
3: episode. Hmm. Do I have to answer this right away? Because I would like to check with them to see if they would be up for it.
0: Um. Yeah. That's fine. No problem. Okay. All right. Yeah. So we'll see who you pick. Okay. Cool. So, Thanks, Michael. No problem. It's loading. Okay. It's recording. Courtney, how are you?
4: I'm good. I'm good.
0: Good. It's nice meeting you. This is our first time meeting, so it's exciting. Um, Courtney, you were referred to the podcast by Michael, so could you tell me how you know Michael?
4: Sure. Uh, So Michael is my boyfriend's best friend. Uh, My boyfriend was his um, best man at Michael's wedding. They were roommates in college, so I have met Michael in person only two times
0: oh wow that's it okay very cool very cool and then the episode started with cody pomeroy do you happen to know him no okay so we're we're pretty far removed on this one so that's cool okay um so if you can introduce yourself just let us know um where you're from uh what you do and um your name which i already said sure.
4: Um, So my name is Courtney. I am originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I moved to New York City the day after I graduated college. I've been here eight years. Uh, I live in Manhattan. Um, And for work, I have two jobs. So the main one that pays the bills is in advertising. So I work in operations around um, advertising and media. So when you think of media, think of where you're seeing the commercial, not what the commercial is, right? Um, and then my other job is I'm an adjunct professor at Temple University in Philadelphia.
0: Oh, wow, very cool. And do you do that online since you're in Manhattan?
4: Yeah, so I've been doing it about four years. Um, I did it in person for a year, so I, I work remotely in Philly. I'd take Megabus down. I'd teach at night and then come right back up. Um, And then about two and a half years ago, I decided that was a little too much. So I was teaching virtually before it was like cool and mainstream. So.
0: Okay, cool. So now everyone's following your lead. Yes. (laughs) Okay. All right. So um, just to start you out, get you in the mood to answer questions, I will start with what is your favorite food?
4: Ooh, okay. It's a tie. Um, My favorite food is popcorn. So really, really well done popcorn or a caprese salad. So the mozzarella, the tomato, basil, really, really good olive oil, a little salt and pepper.
0: Wow. Okay. You are my first popcorn and my first caprese salad. And I have to ask, what do you mean by well done popcorn? Like on the edge of burnt or someone made it well?
4: (laughs) Someone made it well. That's a good clarification. Yeah. Someone made it well. Um, It's not burnt. I just actually found out I'm 30 years old and I just found out I can make popcorn on the stove with like oil. So I've been doing that during quarantine. Yeah. Um, It's got to have a good butter ratio, not too salty, but like salty enough.
0: Nice. I'm a popcorn lover myself. So happy to Mm -hmm. have someone in my company. Very nice. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. You ready for the big questions? Okay. First one. What is your biggest fear?
4: Oh, huh. What is my biggest fear? Um, so funny enough. And can I go as deep as I want with us? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Um, so funny enough, I'm plus size. I've been plus size my whole life. Um, and, Until I met my boyfriend, I went through the normal blah, 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 you know, um, and I met my boyfriend, got to this like new level of partnership. And I realized that my biggest fear is actually having what I want and striving for so long to get what I want and then not having enough time to enjoy it. Mm. So after I started dating my boyfriend, I developed this like medical anxiety where I would get a headache and I would be like, Oh my gosh, it's an aneurysm. I'm going to die right? Or like I'd get a leg pain and I'd be like, oh, that's cancer. They're going to chop my leg off. I'm going to die. And it was totally irrational. And luckily my boyfriend is a psychologist. (laughs) So that's amazing. Um, But I realized in working through it and going to therapy that I have spent my whole life being an overachiever and working towards the next goal, working towards the next goal. And as the goals get more elongated as you get older, right? You're not in college where, you know, your goal's an A and you have 15 weeks to get it. You know, kid might take 10 years. House might take 30 years. I got so worried that I'm striving towards the goal that I'm not enjoying the time, and then I might actually get to the goal and be done.
0: Courtney, I have found my soulmate in you. That is exactly how I feel about most things. Life, yeah, yeah, but you're a Virgo. No, I'm a Leo. Uh, Okay, yeah. I don't know what that means, but my sister tells me my sun and my moon is in different planets. So I, I don't know. Um,
4: yeah, it's too advanced for me.
0: There's a lot of stuff going on. But um, yeah, wow, that was an amazing answer. I loved it. Very good. Thank you for uh, being so honest. That was really nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. next question, a little less deep, maybe. I don't know. Um, what is the last thing you built?
4: Um physically or a <laughs> process or
0: um you can interpret it however you'd like. Huh. <laughs>
4: So physically, the last thing I built was the bed frame behind me. So I um, put like the headboard on the bed frame. Um, I, since I work in tech and I work in operations, I build processes all the time for people to follow. Um, mm-hmm. The last thing I built was like a template for a PowerPoint deck that was maybe two hours ago.
0: Oh, wow. So. Okay. Very recent.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Um, is that an IKEA bed frame?
4: That, um, not the bed frame, sorry, the headboard. It is from Wayfair.
0: Oh, okay. That was my, yeah. You have
4: to like attach it, you know, you have to like attach it to the bed frame and make sure everything's good.
0: Yeah. I just get my dad to do all that stuff, but now I don't live in the same state as him. So I have to fend for myself, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Last question. Doing great. Where's the worst place you've traveled?
4: Oh, that's a good question. So something about me, you obviously do not know is I am a travel fanatic. Um, I have been to 25 countries. My goal was to get to 30 by 30, but this thing called coronavirus shut that down. Um, so I'm hoping to get to like 30 by 31. um, and backstory on that, my mom doesn't have a passport. She's only been to New York maybe two times, absolutely petrified of traveling, no sense of direction. So I made it like my goal in life to see absolutely everything I could because the more you travel also, the the more you realize America and this idea of America, greatness is such a sham and the only people who think that are Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more you just learn about people and how we're actually all more like the more separate. Mm-hmm. That's my platform. I'm gonna get off of it for a second. I can't, I can't say that the worst place I've traveled, I can't say I have a unique experience. Even again, with the anxiety that I mentioned in the previous question, I got that a little bit traveling alone in Europe, but even there, I still have really fond memories looking back. I would say the one way I did not like to travel is on a cruise ship. I went to Bermuda and the Bahamas as a teenager on a cruise ship, and I hated it. It was horrible. Um, I sw- I've like was into like the Bermuda Triangle, so naturally I was like, "We're sailing right through the Bermuda Triangle, so we're definitely." And I saw lightning, and I was like, "Lightning travels through water. It's going to attack the ship." Like I was just crazy. Um, so I could say that I don't like cruises, but. I mean, I've been to Cuba. I got a tattoo in Colombia. I've been to Argentina. I've been all over Europe. I've been to like 14 different countries for Christmas markets. I just love them all. They're all cool.
0: Cool. Wait for Christmas markets specifically to see them.
4: Yeah. So I love Christmas. Um, I find it super fascinating. I'm not sure what religion you are. I'm. I grew up as a Catholic. Went to 13 years of Catholic school. A little bit. If he's still on. Um, on catholicism but i find it interesting that um when you go to other countries specifically in europe christianity is really really just everywhere there's no happy holidays there's no this everything's just like christmas um and it's really interesting to see the camaraderie in the community that are built around christmas traditions so i love going to christmas markets and like the way we would go to bars and for happy hour, the way that like people will go to Christmas markets in different countries. So I went and it's super, super cheap to go once you're over there. So I've been to, I've been to, um, yeah, I think like 12 or 12 or 13 countries. Now I think about it for Christmas markets specifically.
0: <laughs> Very cool. That's really awesome. Cool. Hey. And, uh, it's good that you don't love cruises because now's not a great time to go on a cruise.
4: Yeah, I'm also a little bit of a germaphobe, and it just doesn't add up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've never been on one personally, and I might not ever at this point, but that's okay. Um, I'll travel by plane and car. That's fine with me. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, those were the questions, and you did amazing. Um, It was so nice meeting you, and I really appreciate you doing this. Oh, yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Removed. It was really great having Cody on, and it was so nice meeting Michael and Courtney. It was so nice hearing their answers and seeing how they're all different. I had a really good time. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a rating or a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen. Um, that would really help just to know like how it's doing and if you all like it. Um, also if you're interested in, um, seeing the Instagram, sometimes meeting some of the people that I have on, um, you can follow removed at R three M O V E D P O D. So that's at removed pod on Instagram. Um, and if you ever have any questions, feel free to DM the Instagram and it might come up on one of the shows.